The return up for Parlo. Leaves it off. Here's Mia Hamm. In the box. The shot. Go. She's got the record. Hey everyone, my name is Sabria Whitaker and I'm the founder of Grow the Game. Erica Piancastelli here, Tokyo 2021 Olympian. This is Carly Jackson, professional goaltender for the Buffalo Buttes. Hey everyone, this is Connor Moore, the social media manager of the Chicago Sky. You are now listening to Women's Sports Matter. Women's Sports Matter. Hosted by Gianna Belcastro. Alete Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Welcome to another episode of Women's Sports Matter, your one-stop shop for all things women's sports. This is the final episode of the NWSL Player Series I've been doing on this podcast. I really appreciate all the kind words I received about this series. And today's guest was a fan request. And so as soon as I saw that today's guest was requested, I was like, I have to have her on the show. And again, if you don't know about the other episodes in the series, I'll tell you them quickly. Amanda Kowalski from the Chicago Red Stars, Kaylee Kurtz from the North Carolina Courage, and last week's episode with Lauren Millay from Racing Louisville FC. Now, today's guest is closing out the NWSL Player Series. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, guys. Um, I'm Tegan McGrady. I play for the Portland Thorns, was raised in San Jose, California, went to Stanford, and made my way out to Portland. And here we are today. Now, you are the first ever NWSL champ on my show, so you have bragging rights for that, Tegan. (laughs) Um, I want to ask you, you know, you were a part of that Washington Spirit roster Uh, last year. You were a um, part of the starting 11 for the final big part of the roster what can you tell us about that final um, that maybe that you haven't shared before like an interesting fact about it maybe something that happened afterwards something before you know like a little fun fact to start off today's episode oof huh. that final I guess um trying to think of like what a fun fact would be about it probably that the before the game started probably about more the younger half of the team felt like they're gonna throw up and the older half of the team was like yeah been here done that like for a lot of other things in their life so it was just like a huge knowing how much of like an age range there was on our team and how many younger players we had it was just really funny to see everyone's different kind of like preparations and reactions to making it to the final and getting getting ready for it yeah end of yourself final <clears throat> big deal um I'm a little I'm a Chicago Red Stars fan I just like to be open and honest I mean you can see the Chicago stuff in the background that I got going on mm-hmm. um so that was a very <laughs> a very hard loss to see but at the same time I was like you know 
Washington spirit went through a lot, um, you know, climbed their way to the top. It was a very interesting season to watch. And it was my first full season that I have watched too. So trying to like watch all these different teams within the league, um, like understanding like, you know, who could win. Um, and then trying to do those predictions as well. Washington, that Washington Spirit team was really interesting to say the least. Again, like you said, a lot of younger players on mm-hmm. that roster. I want to ask you though about last year's roster too. Was there anyone that you had noticed that um, probably was most improved uh, by the end of the season? Oh my gosh. Most improved by the end of the season. Honestly, I just think, like, the team as a whole, like, all came together. I think it was a lot of trying to figure out from the beginning all the way to the end, like, what really was going on. And at some points, you'd see players shine, and at other points, you'd see other players shine. So I think it was just, like, a collective of having to stay so, like, mentally grounded and understand like the team that you're sitting on the roster was pretty deep and so it was understanding that at times that you're peaking were great but everyone has their roles in the season so it was kind of just everyone working together and finally everyone I think towards the end of the season got on the same page so I think as a team especially with what happened uh, throughout the year everyone kind of had to do their parts at different parts of the season and at the end you know we just happened to click at the right time. And just to touch on uh, last year's cast, as, as I like to call it, um, is there anything that you want to tell the fans, um, you know, anything about their, their support uh, through the times of the team being sold, um, you know, coach being fired and all, all that stuff? Um, yeah, it was it was a difficult season, I think, for a lot of teams in the league, not just our team. And I think we felt very fortunate to always have our fans behind us even when they knew that things weren't going the best through the front office through coaching and they were ones that we needed to be around they helped keep us going at points when we didn't know who we were as a team anymore where we're still trying to find our identity and you know asking them to please be at a game when they were thinking that they weren't going to because we needed the support because it felt like it was one of our only outlets of support was, you know, I think a time of vulnerability in our team that, you know, we knew we needed and the fans understood that and the fans have always understood that. And I know they want all the transparency and a lot of the times we wanted that same transparency. So I think it's really difficult in that way, wanting to know everything, but you know, even as players ourselves, not knowing a lot of the things, sometimes we just know that there's the one thing that we can do is still go out and put on a show for the fans that have been there for us through it all. Shout out to the supporters groups of <laughs> Washington Spirit and other ones. Um, supporters groups keep things going, um, which when I found out that supporters groups existed, like that was a thing that happened at games. I was like, this is fantastic like the tifos they make mm-hmm. the chants that they do the drums the flags it's like what a perfect atmosphere yeah and people get creative with signs too that's, oh, that's yeah. also one other thing <laughs> do you have a favorite sign that anyone's made for you mm. 
think there was one that was made last year. I can't exactly remember who made it, but it was like my, I think, I think it was my face, maybe someone else's, but it was like, that's like the tea. And it was just like sitting in like a teacup. And I thought that was like really funny. I think some of the, you know, just all these different posters. I've had a fan um, down in San Diego. That's kind of, she's a little bit of a younger fan. That's kind of followed me up to Portland. And, you know, she makes me smile just about after every game because she's always, um, you know, just saying like, what an honor it is to have like met me in San Diego. And I just think it's like really cool to be able to, you know, inspire such a young generation in that way, especially not being one of the bigger players in the league. Um, I think it's still just cool to see how many players have different impacts on different people. So. Yes. And and the power of social media along with that too, like, you know, Mm -hmm. learning about different players and, you know, where they came from and how they got to the league. Um, That's kind of why I'm doing the series branching out a bit, not just talking to people that play for my hometown team, like got to go all the way to the West coast and talk to someone that that plays over there. Um, Mm -hmm. But Moving on from Washington, you were traded in the offseason to San Diego. Can you tell us a little bit about that process? Um, You were traded as a part of, like, so Washington didn't have to go into the expansion draft, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, being traded is hard at any time in this season. Um whether it's off season during season. And I think I've gotten both ends of that <laughs> right about now, but I think the off season trade, it was, it was something that I knew could be coming. Um, you know, Washington has still such a great team and such a great roster. I was so sad to leave. I mean, I was at that team for three years. Some of my best friends are still on that team. Some of my friends that, you know, I made in the time at that team, it was so bittersweet and so hard to say goodbye to such an amazing group of people, not only on the field, but off the field and everything that we had been through together last year at Washington made it that much harder to leave. Um, But I also knew that um, being traded and going to San Diego was going to open more doors for my career. And I was really excited to get back home to the West coast, to California Um, a place that I knew that I wanted to end up back in was California on the West coast. So I think it overall, it was a hard process, but it was one that I could wrap my head around at the end of the day, because I, I knew that, you know, I was going to go somewhere else. And I knew that San Diego was going to be such an amazing club from everything that I had heard from what they were putting together. And so I was really excited. So it's, it's a bit of conflicting feelings leaving Washington, this place that I had finally learned to call home, especially after leaving the West Coast um, from where I had grown up my entire life to out there. I didn't know what to expect when I got out there. And my three years there made me realize that I could have a home away from home. And that was DC to me. So it was hard to leave. But I think we also know as players, you know, most of us aren't meant to play our entire career in one place. So I knew it was probably going to happen at some point in my career. Um, and it just happened to be then. But I was also super excited to get started with San Diego and have a fresh start and, you know, just kind of put my head down and grind again. 
In your return to Washington, you received your championship ring. Can you tell me a little bit about, um, you know, your thoughts before the game, you know, going back to, to where, you know, you had spent a few years and then winning a championship with that team and then finally receiving your ring? Yeah, it was, you know, it was a great trip. I was so excited to get back to D.C. I was excited to just see familiar faces, surroundings. Um, It was kind of still surreal, the fact that I felt like I should, you know, I maybe, you know, was still there, but was like, you know, time moves by really quickly. So it didn't feel like long since I had, you know, really left there. It was, you know, at the end of the night, I wouldn't say like, super emotional but like it it got to a point where it was like yeah like I I do miss everyone I miss this place um but there's always new chapters to look forward to and it's the old memories that you get to look back on and smile and to get the ring to be in front of my old teammates to see my best friends to see you know people from Rose Room Collective to see people from the Spirit Squadron just made it feel like I remembered why I could call DC um, still another place of home for me. So it was fun. I was really happy to be back. Do you ever wear the ring around? Or do you, do you just display it somewhere? <laughs> yeah, it's actually not here with me in Portland when I uh, I went home not too long ago to San Jose and it's at my my parents' house in San Jose right now. So they kind of have all of like my big memorabilia stuff. So like my Stanford ring is there, my one you know, the one full team cap that I have, my jerseys are there, all my jerseys that I've played for, for the teams. And now my ring is all home in San Jose. So I kind of like to keep it there just because moving around so much, it's a place of stability. And it's almost kind of like, I don't only do it for myself. I, you know, I play the sport for my family who supported me through everything. So to kind of be able to have a place to put all those things and remember where a home truly is and where everything started I kind of like keeping things there so that when I do go home it doesn't really feel like I've left it all and it's kind of like my childhood my beginning yeah I get that also like you don't have to worry about losing it (laughs) yeah I was like that's probably the biggest part is the the not losing it part which my parents know that you know my room's not always the cleanest so I lose pretty easily so yeah keeping it at home is probably the safest spot for it (laughs) Yes, but that's very nice. They have all all that stuff together. Um, So you can look back one day and be like, oh, I remember when, you know, when I was at Stanford and, you know, I won this or here's my NWSL championship ring, like (laughs) fun little mementos to have at home. Um, We'll stick with the topic of San Diego. What was that short stint um, experience like for you? you know, going back home is one thing or the home state of California. Um, it's a new franchise. Um, did you know necessarily what you were going to expect from like, you know, playing with the team and, you know, like fan experience, um, even like game experience? Yeah, no, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, at first, all I knew is that they were trying to build an organization that was you know, built around doing what's best for the players, making sure that on the field, everyone was always taken care of the same as off the field. And you might think that's like, you know, a low expectation to have, but I think just the history of this league shows that, you know, a lot of the times, sometimes players are 
forgotten to be taken care of. And that is one aspect that this league is moving forward is always taking care of the players first. And so moving into an area like that and everything set up and especially, you know, just having these places that are for yourself, facilities that are only for you, fields that are only for you is something that's big. And I think creating this fan experience um, is something that everyone is always intrigued and love too. So I think like bringing in a new team, you want to have high expectations, especially for leagues or for this league now too, because you know that there's so many fans everywhere. There's, you know, the fan base is building and just even seeing San Diego, you know, sell out Snapdragon the other night was such an amazing thing for our league and our history. And it's amazing. I think it's, you know, first getting down to San Diego, you really wonder like, what is this going to be like? What, it, how is everything going to work? And it was, you know, it was so nice getting down there and seeing how much, you know, amazing work they were doing behind the scenes, trying to get everything ready for season. I, the amount of work that I got to see like firsthand of them, like the amount of work that they did to even get this team up and running by the season was insane. And I can only imagine the amount of work behind the scenes that they've had to do in order to make sure that this, that team is so successful. Yeah. With the California expansion teams, I'm just going to group them together just because mm-hmm. um, like the logos and, you know, the kits, mm-hmm. um, the fan experience that they were showing off. It, it really was like, I don't know. It didn't even feel like NWSL. It felt like something different. And I think that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to grow the fan experience, um, try to get more people interested in going to the games and, you know, cheering for a team or buying a player's jersey or or something like that. Um, So it's been really interesting to see the development of the league, even with just during the season. Yeah. Um, And TV ratings. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, you know, Paramount Plus or compared to big CBS and then there's Twitch. Yeah. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite thing in the world is Twitch. Everyone, everyone's favorite. <laughs> I Have you seen like the memes of like, there's this one um, Twitter account. It's like, it has like, you know, a painting and mm-hmm. then below it, it has like the actual image, like a screenshot or something. There's an image um, where it's like, pixelated twitch stream on the bottom and then some random painting that looks like it on the top and i'm like yeah. this is the nwsl <laughs> twitch on uh, like i can say a lot of stuff about the twitch stream but i'm gonna refrain from now because yeah. no one wants to hear that yeah <laughs> but we don't like it or i don't like it i won't speak for you too. <laughs> um Final thing about San Diego, obviously the trade, um, uh, just for transparency for fans. Um, like, what are the behind the scenes of a trade? Because I'm also intrigued. I don't know anything about this. So I would love to know, like, you were traded a few months ago. What happened? Like, what are the steps that are taken from like, okay, they tell you or either you request or or whatever. Can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, the trade from San Diego to Portland? Yeah, I think um, 
I think first I want to say I think every every trade in this league is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I think every organization does things a little bit differently. Um, not to say any of them are right or wrong for what they do, but I think it it definitely switches from situation to situation. So my situation was probably nowhere near the same or you know, exactly the same as other people's situations when being traded. So I don't want everyone's trade to get grouped in together Mm -hmm. just for clarification purposes. I think it's all, you know, different based on what teams need, what teams want, what players need, what players want. So it's always a little bit, um, you know, a lot of communication goes into it. Um, You know, mine was definitely more on the communication side of things so I can say that there there were talks I was notified um so it wasn't I was not blindsided I knew that it was coming and um it neither side came from you know it's so hard to talk about these things because Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a player there's things that you know I want to be as transparent as possible yeah I understand sometimes these things um I don't want things to get lost in translation either. And I don't look into reasons, but I think um, what people need to know is that I was, you know, I was really sad to leave San Diego is, you know, understanding that I was, I was building a life there and I was super excited. I was happy to be back in California. Um, But sometimes your career has to go in another direction that you might not be expecting. And that. I am okay with, I have come to terms with my trade and I am, you know, Portland is always a place that I wanted to end up. That was one of the main places that I wanted to go to when I was drafted. It was always somewhere that I wanted to be because of the fans, because of everything that, that I was, that I heard that was going on in Portland. It's always been a place that players want to go to. So I am so happy and so excited to be here. Trades are just hard because you start to form a life somewhere and to go somewhere else suddenly um, in this league is, is hard to just pick up and move. I don't have, you know, a house somewhere else. I don't have, you know, somewhere to go back to. So when we say we pick up and we move our lives, we literally mean we pick up our entire life and pack it up and move within a week's time, which is hard to do, especially, you know, at the time of mine, it was an international break. So I didn't get to say bye to any of my San Diego teammates. I didn't, I think I saw one person. And so it's really hard to feel like you are jumping through another door without closing one, which we learn to do. It's not easy, but we learn to do as athletes in this world. And we know that anything is possible at any point. So I think it's just a lot of feelings that have to be processed. And it sucks because you don't want to make it seem like that leaving one place because one place that you're leaving is sad that it makes it a bad reason that you're going to somewhere else. Like, no, you can be sad about leaving somewhere, but you can also be so excited to get to somewhere else. And I think I knew that I knew that I was always going to be sad to leave San Diego um, because I know what they're building there. I know everything that's going on, but I am also so excited to be at Portland because you know, for years on end, this has been one of the best clubs in the league. So I can't be mad about that. And it's somewhere where I've always pictured myself playing at some point in my career. So I have been so excited and I'm, you know, have processed most, if not all of my feelings, which is what we have to do in our own time as players. And I have done that for the most part. And I have been given that time 
And I think the Portland staff has been so amazing with that as they understand that we are human beings and we can't just be ready to be in a place the day after you get there. It's going to take time. It's always going to take time. And they gave me that time. They gave me the space. They gave me the resources, the outlets that I needed to get acquainted here in Portland so quickly to finish a season and understand that I can feel, you know, safe in this environment and happy and excited and also have my bad days at the same time. And it's not like I'm being rushed to everything here. So I've taken my time. I've gotten, you know, to get out more in Portland. We did so much traveling when I first got here. Um, So it was, it was hard. I felt like I was, you know, away just as much as I was in Portland. So like every time I would try and get acquainted with things, I was like, oh, okay, another away trip, get on a plane and leave again. And then I get home. So I think finally in these last couple of weeks, I've gotten to get on a schedule and really understand my time around here and the places that I enjoy going to getting out and seeing things. You know, I just last weekend got to hang out with a high school friend that lives out here. She went to Oregon State and I haven't seen her since we graduated, but we were close in high school. So like getting to spend time with her, I think it's just figuring yourself out in a new space without comparing it to other places. And I went through that process also with Washington. When I first got to San Diego, I would compare things from Washington to San Diego. And then when I got here, it was comparing San Diego to Portland. And it's like, you learn that you can't compare places because every place is going to be different within itself. And you have to find the good and what you like in each place. And if you constantly try and compare each place, you're never going to be satisfied with where you're at, no matter where you get traded to, no matter where you move to. So I think going through those steps and processes on my own and with my family and with my teammates and, you know, with everyone, it takes time, but it's also time that I'm so grateful for because I do love it here in Portland and I'm excited to be here and trades are hard to process within itself, but you know, it's the beauty of our career and our sport and our game and what we do. And, you know, it, it just makes it so much more real. So as much as we can say trades aren't fun to go through, I think it makes you stronger. It builds you up and, you know, to be valued in this league is also another thing. Like, so many people would love to play in this league and to be valued at different teams for different reasons are all good and positive things. So you can't look at yourself as, you know, there's something wrong. There wasn't anything wrong. It was just, I was being valued in another area in another place. And I am also so grateful for that. Well, first of all, I would just like to say, I really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, explain all that. Um, it is difficult to get up and move and, you know, I think being transparent about that for people to know about so they can stop being upset because believe me, I saw the Twitter <laughs> comments. I'm sure you probably did as well. Um, it's a hard thing to go through. Like you said, you didn't have time to say goodbye to anyone. I hope you've had the time to catch up with yeah. your former teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, again, thank you for being transparent about that. But let's talk about the wonderful, wonderful city of Portland, Playing Mm -hmm. in Providence Park, what is that like? You know, before this time, I'd only ever played in Providence Park as, of course, you know, playing against them. And those fans are ruthless to play against. Let me tell you that. It is not an easy place to go into and play against. And I remember um, 
with the U23 national team for, you know, tournament before, you know, during preseason, had played in Providence Park for that, trying to play against Portland. Not easy. Um, my first year in the league, our last game of the season was at Portland. I dealt with an injury the entire season and finally came back for the last game. And again, not an easy place to play. So I was like, wow, I, I had always wondered, I wonder what it's like to be on the other side, to play in front of this crowd, to play at this stadium and to get to do that this year is amazing. These fans are amazing. Like I even went to, I think one of the first weeks that I was here, I went to a Portland Timbers game and I was just sitting in, you know, one of the suites upstairs and I was like, oh my gosh, this crowd is wild. You can't hear anything. I wonder, this was before I had played a home game um, at Portland. So I was like, I wonder what it's like to be on the field playing and having this, you know, having them behind you and um, played in Providence Park with all the fans there. And I was like, my gosh, like this is, this is a force. This is a force to be reckoned with. This is why, this is a huge reason why Portland, you know, is known what they're known for. Their soccer is always great. This is the soccer city that you want to be in because they have the fan base. They have the people ready to cheer for you no matter what's going on. So I think playing in front of them for the first time and now getting to see it over and over again, it's just something that you're so grateful for. You're so grateful for a fan base like them. You're grateful for the people who come out and are cheering on the players uh, no matter what's going on. So I've been super excited, super happy and it's been so much fun getting to play in front of them. Providence Park looks like a blast. I have not been there yet. I'm going to say yet because I plan <laughs> on going there at some point. I, I was talking a few weeks ago. I was like, my goal is to go to all the different NWSL stadiums. I've been to one. Mm-hmm. Not a great start. Um, <laughs> but I only started going to NWSL matches, uh, yeah. I guess, last year. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's so weird to think about because I've been watching this league for like a few years since mm-hmm. 2020, the Challenge Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, my family doesn't like soccer, so I never had like the opportunity. And I was like, I'm gonna drive to Bridgeview, which for yeah. people that have driven to Bridgeview from where I'm from, <laughs> it is yeah. not a nice drive. <laughs> it's oh. a terrible drive. Is um, drive from Chicago to get to Bridgeview is that is, well, is anywhere? I'm, like- I'm from the suburbs. I heard it's difficult from Chicago to Bridgeview, but where I'm from, I'm like 45 minutes out. So I got to go up north and it's just like the highways are trash. Um, Nobody knows how to drive. It's like construction. And I I could complain on and on. Like there's states where I'm like, oh, construction and highways. That's what it is. I know Minnesota's like that. I know Illinois is like that. I don't know if California is like that. <laughs> um, but like people don't know how to drive in Illinois. And I'm just gonna, that's a fact that you learned here today. That's the hardening <laughs> journalism that we're talking about today. Driving in Illinois from Naperville to Bridgeview is not a fun <laughs> time. Oh gosh. I hate driving. Don't have to do it out here because I don't have my car in Lincoln, so it's fine. <laughs> but I'm sure it's easier to drive in Portland. I don't know if you do any driving out there. Is it yeah. what what have you driven 
in like all the different places you've played? That's my first question. Do you have a car out there? Because I was going to ask you, what is the easiest place to drive and <laughs> the worst place to drive? Oof. I hate to say it. DC was pretty, pretty bad to drive in. Which I've heard about DC, yeah. Like DC was not, I think it was more just because like when I was there, we lived out in Virginia, but you play in DC, so it's a good like 45, 50 minute drive. And that's like mm-hmm. with, without traffic, not fun, like long drive into the city. Um, yeah, not, not great, especially like certain times of the day. Oh, some of those, some of those freeways would get bad. I mean, same with, I mean, California, but I don't, San Diego has traffic, but I wouldn't say like as much and you can get two places and stay in different places without like, with kind of avoiding it. I feel like to get into DC, there's like only so many ways you can get in there and they're not fun. (laughs) Um, And then I would say, I mean, so far what I've seen in Portland, I mean, it's really nice. We only live like 10 to 15 minutes from the stadium so and it's like a back road into it so I don't even have to take the freeway so like that's probably been the easiest thing so far but I do know like some like they're doing a lot of road work on some of the freeways here right now so that's not fun to get through either so I'd say each place for their own reasons saying like I think each place if you get them at their peak times like are all pretty bad but I think because of like the times that we train at and do certain things like DC was definitely the worst. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Love traffic. Love it so <laughs> much. Um, yeah. But moving on from boring topics like traffic, has there been any spots that your teammates have introduced you in Portland that you go to a lot, like maybe coffee shops, restaurants, uh, you know, anything like that? Yeah, um, there's a couple coffee shops. Uh, been to Good Coffee. Um, been to where else have I been to? Mm, escaping my mind right now, but been to a couple other places. Oh, we live not too far from a place called Cornell Farms, which is like a really cute nursery that has, you know, good brunch and has some really good coffee too. So that's always a nice one to go to. Um, place I've gone to eat a couple times is Cheryl's it has amazing Portuguese Portuguese fried rice um and their cinnamon their cinnamon uh, rolls are massive (laughs) so that's been fun but yeah kind of just try new things try different things um every once in a while so yeah cool well if I ever go to Portland well I've been to Portland I've flown into Portland twice (laughs) I've yeah. not been able to been like go around. I went. Yeah, we flew into Portland and we went somewhere, somewhere oh. else in the state. So I didn't have the chance to experience. I do like the airport there. <laughs> the airport's <laughs> nice. Probably the nicest airport I've been to in in the U.S. Really? Yeah, it's better than Midway and it's better than O'Hare. Oh. Well, those are just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. not to talk crap about Chicago <laughs> airports, like- but about those airports but I don't think I've ever had like a connecting flight that's been through those two that haven't been delayed or something like (laughs) it's like I don't think it's a great (laughs) reputation of Chicago Chicago land area airports Mm -hmm. it's it's amazing can't wait to fly back home I'm I'm sure my flight will be delayed I'm (laughs) sure something's gonna happen something um (laughs) 
but Portland, so the the West Coast, like up there at the top, is it like as rainy and as like awful as people say, or is it like nice weather? Because I would love to know. I mean, it's been it's been beautiful since I've gotten here, but I think like through the summertime, it is really pretty. I mean, it was it was hot here when I first got here. It was like a hundred one, hundred two. Like it was. It was hot. They definitely had a hot summer. It was even like 85 today. Like they, we're still getting some hot days out here. But I think when they say like it gets cold here, like it starts to get cold. And when it gets rainy, it gets rainy. So I haven't been through it yet, <laughs> but I've been hearing from everyone else that it will get to that point. And mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be fun. When it does get to that point. So, yeah. Yeah. Weather is always a fun time because I... I- being from the Chicagoland area coming to Lincoln, I thought it was going to be better. It was 100, 101 degrees today. And yeah. I was like, Nebraska? What are you doing? <laughs> like, why? What, what's up with this? It's late September and it's 100 degrees? I also just feel like for some reason, sorry, going off on a tangent here, yeah. like, like the sh- seasons are just like shifting. Like, I feel like everything, like, shifting a couple like a month or two so like you know everything's shifting a little bit back or a little bit forward so like our idea of summer isn't like june to like august july anymore it's like july to like october Mm -hmm. it's like everything's completely shifted back now and like spring is more like you know may to like july like it's a lot different than what it used to be but i don't know that's just me that's what it feels like do you have a favorite season um, I think like growing up in California it was just always like warm all year round. So like there were when it did get cold and rainy or like ew. So like I, you know, didn't I grew up in, you know, some of the nicest weather in the U.S. So yeah. that's why it was also very hard going from like California to D.C. because like all a winter there and people are like oh this isn't even cold and we were out in like 24 degree weather and I was like I don't want to do it anymore I don't want to do it like this is too cold so I think it's like <laughs> it's very relative so I mean like I love anything that's like spring summer fall like I think in California those are all great times of the year but like in other places you know, like here, they said it didn't start getting warm until like June or something. So I'm like, okay, spring here might not be my favorite time of year just because it said it rained, it was still cold. And I was like, okay. So I think it's relative to the different places. And like summer wasn't my favorite in DC just because it was 90s and humid every single day. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, summer, not my favorite time in DC. So I think it's a little bit relative depending on where I'm at in the US. <laughs> of course. But I would like to say, if you don't like cold weather, don't go to Chicago in January or February, because that is not a fun time. Yeah, no. Nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, I'd say winter is definitely my least favorite It's season, also my no least favorite. No matter where I'm at. I hate the winter. No matter where I'm at. I'm not a winter person. The snow. California just makes it more bearable because winter in California can sometimes be like 70 degrees. So, oh, that's okay amazing. There. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that was like that over here, but it's it's not. And I guess I got to live with that. But yeah. No more weather talk. I'm sure people aren't, aren't listening here to learn about how we feel about snow and yeah. winter time and cold. They want to know mm-hmm. about the 
interesting shield race going on in the NWSL. Which... Oh, if, this, if this league isn't chaotic, I don't know what else it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> Are there like three or four games left in the regular season? Something something like three that? For some teams and two for other teams. Okay. Like so... we have three. What has something that you've seen with your team with the regular season ending going into the playoff uh, playoff soon? Because essentially you guys are a lock. I mean, there are points that are, you know, it's like there could be a five-way tie for first. <laughs> I've seen the math for it. It's very chaotic. Yeah. I, it's yeah. just too much for me. Um, but what is something you're looking forward to in the postseason? I think it's just another chance at another championship. I think, you know, with more teams coming into the league, it's harder. It's harder to get into the postseason. It's harder to get into playoffs. It's harder to make it through playoffs. And I think it's the fact that, you know, as these chances become harder, as more teams come into the league, they're, you know, not as much as maybe they were in the past. You don't get automatic you know, bids as bigger teams into mm-hmm. play. Now you really have to work the entire season. I mean, as we can see, first place is coming down to the last two, three games of the season. And yeah. what it's like a five point spread from first to six or something like I that's, so. I don't, I honestly don't know what other league could be as chaotic as our league is right about now. And I think that just comes to show the amount of talent that there is in this league from top to bottom. We don't have the first two teams, you know, blowing teams out all the way at the bottom of the league. You have, you know, your first team wasn't eliminated from, you know, playoff contention until what a week or two ago, which is four or five games left in the season Mm -hmm. in a 20 game season. Like, that's that's saying a lot. That is saying that there are no rollover teams in this league that on any given day, any given team can win. And that's coming down to it now, even saying like teams that are not in playoff contention anymore. They could easily in these last weeks beat teams that are sitting top of the table. Like it is that's just how our league goes. And it is stressful. It is chaotic, but that's also the beauty in this league. And that's why it makes making it to playoffs and you know, winning a championship so, so special in this league because, you know, it's all about what team, you know, probably has their peak by playoffs and it's not their peak right now, which I think is, you know, what we're seeing. Um, Not seeing teams at their peak, but I think like our team is, you know, learning lessons, which I think is okay leading all the way into the end. As long as we learn those lessons before playoffs and we get in there and we do our jobs and we fine tune everything, then I think, hitting peak is always going to be right at the end of the season which isn't saying much because you're looking at any other sport you're seeing teams hit their peak you know three-fourths midway through season and trying to carry it all the way out you can't necessarily really do that in this league because of how much competition there is there's people always finding new ways to break down teams to do better than other teams to come out on top so I think you know hitting a peak in this team in this league is a little bit more subjective than other places. I looked up the standings and I'm very interested in, like, I haven't looked at this in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is going to be outdated by the time this episode goes up next Tuesday. Um, but I don't really care. I'm going to, I'm going to tell the people what's <laughs> going on. San Diego's in first with 34 points. 
Houston Dash at 33, Kansas City at 33, Portland at 32, O.L. Rain at 31, Chicago at 30, Angel City with 26, North Carolina with 25, Orlando with 21, and then Washington Racing and Gotham have been eliminated. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to see what's going to happen these next few weeks and of course i will be tuned in and i hope everyone listening (laughs) will be tuned in as well because this is about to get chaotic yeah Mm -hmm. always this league is always chaotic in one way or another (laughs) i think i've asked enough and i think it's time for other people to ask questions this time for fan questions i wish i had a better title for it but i don't because i'm not that creative at 749 p.m. Mm-hmm. after four classes yeah in the day let's see what is going on our first question is from well we're going to go from twitter first because mm-hmm. that's where the most of them are the first question is from my good friend san diego wave fc gritty <laughs> gotta love him yeah he's amazing he did a takeover for my uh, for the podcast Twitter Twitter account for the Soldier Field game, and it yeah. was amazing. Mm-hmm. If you could change one thing about the NWSL, what would it be? Oh, this is a dangerous question. Dangerous, dangerous question. <laughs> I know. Um, I could change one thing. I think one of the things that like the players are looking at in itself, it's more just like the way like we love the idea of a challenge cup, but maybe just not all at the beginning of the season, especially when there's money implications now in it for players that, you know, means a lot to us. I think we saw teams really suffer at the beginning of the season and to, you know, have us play midweek games during preseason I don't think sets us up well for the rest of the season so I think if Challenge Cup was more you know preseason also midseason and finishes more before the end of season and they kind of sprinkle games throughout the the year then I think you know a lot more players would be on board with everything going on so I think that's a, a big one that you know we all have kind of looked into because I think you know, the idea of the challenge cup is great. I think it's, you know, like any other league where they have these big tournaments within their leagues. Um, so it's it's definitely a good way to bring more viewership and whatnot to the teams. But I think it's also hard to try and fit it into a month and a half um, before our actual season starts. <laughs> yeah, one thing that I'll, I'll add on that is um... – a lot of the injuries, a lot of the season-ending injuries came from the Challenge Cup, uh, so that I, I agree. Um, I can go into a whole long rant. I think I've talked about it on Twitter. <laughs> um, but essentially what I'm going to say is, I don't know, having something like that is, it's not really helping the players out. Got a lot of injuries from that. Um, and whether it's even from like playing conditions in general or just playing so many games in a row. Yeah. Um, how are players going to be able to take care of their bodies? Anyway, next question is from, let's see the username, Lavender Latte 13 hmm. What is your favorite thing about Portland so far? 
Um, okay, well, I'll do one soccer and one non-soccer thing. So soccer, like I said before, just like playing at Providence Park finally and like playing in front of the fans and being with the team. I think it's such a great atmosphere. And then I think off the field, um, just like the n- number of things to do here, like food, coffee, like just a lot of thing- ways to get out, but also just like the scenery around it. It's not you know, just highways and roads and freeways. There's so much greenery, there's trees, there's, you know, a lot of things that you might not get in other places and how like close, um, I wouldn't say like hiking, but just like plants and just like feeling like you're out in nature, I think is a really good change of, you know, scenery for me personally. The final question from Twitter comes from, well, personally, I'm, I'm going to say my favorite Washington Spirit fan, uh, Riz Willett. She asked, <laughs> since you've been playing in the NWSL, is there a moment that you can say has been your favorite? I mean, I feel like it's it's such an obvious moment. She probably knew what to say this, too. She just wanted to hear me say it. <laughs> um, you know, so far, definitely, like, winning a championship with Washington. It's, you know, once like I said, it's, it's hard. It's going to be harder to get in playoffs. It's going to be harder to win championships. So I think you know, being able to do that at such a young time in my career too, was just, you know, something that I'll be forever grateful for and forever grateful for Washington and the team and the fans and to do it with them was super special. All right. We got one question from Instagram. Um, and this is from Carlotta underscore RMT. She asked, can you live, well, this is poor grammar but I'm gonna say anyway can you live good enough economically speaking being a pro athlete (laughs) I think that's a one that's you know really hard to answer just because you know the NWSL takes care of us the best ways that they know how to especially with you know not being such a massive league with all the revenue to work with like other leagues can um so it's a hard one to answer. It's not ideal, mm-hmm. but it's something that obviously we're all going to keep doing because we feel that it's worth it. Um, and we will continue to make strides and, you know, ask for more money when we can and continue to pave the way for younger generations, whether we think this is economically ideal or not. Um, I don't think it will change the fact that, you know, you could ask someone in the league is it ideal for you? And they'll say yes. And some people will say no. And I think that's just the way that the league works because of the pay in this league right now. So I think whether we say yes or no, though, I don't think it would change anyone's answer as to why they're playing and why they continue to play, even if it's not ideal for them. So. All right. Now it's time for the lightning round. Oh, okay. (laughs) You don't have to answer fast. (laughs) Okay. Um, I always ask this question first. Is there a book you're reading or an audiobook that you're listening to that you would like to recommend to the listeners of this show? Um honestly, I read, but I have to do it in portion or else I get really bored with books. Um mm-hmm. right now the Bridgerton series, just because I love the show so much. So um I'm reading books 
what is it three and four right now i started three and then the tv show said that they're actually doing call-in season next which is actually book four so i have two books to read which obviously is easy by the night by the time that show comes out with this next seasons but i feel like everyone is all on the Colleen Hoover books right now. I've always I was read. Gonna, that was gonna be my follow up question. Are you a like, reader? I've read a couple. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I I've read a couple of them. Um, I've read. Uh, it's a two part series, and one is the boys' point of view, and one is the girls' point of view of hopeless and losing hope. Um, so those two were really good. It is, you know, just like trigger warning like there there are some hard things to read in there so like you know I think a lot of her books have things like that but I do know that those like two books in itself do have some more content that might be a little bit harder to read um just for everyone's saying so I'm not like you know recommending these books and everyone's like you didn't tell me this part and I'm like yeah I know I can't ruin it but I also just want you know like if if you've been through things like that I would just be a little cautious reading it my next question for you is why are you a Seahawks fan <laughs> I feel like when no you're one really from knows- California I'm just curious no no it's a great question I feel like no one really knows this because I was actually born in federal way Tacoma area of Washington my dad lived in Bremerton Seattle area for about 30 to 40 years of his life he you know, grew up in other places, but his main home was in Seattle. So when um, I moved, my family moved to California, where my mom's side of the family is from back in when I was probably three years old or so. So I was really young when I moved, which is why I always say that I'm from San Jose, because I didn't spend a lot of my life in Federal Way, Tacoma. But um, as we grew up, my dad got me to be a Seahawks fan and my mom got my sister to be a 49ers fan. So we have a little bit of a rivalry in the house and those days are always fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So my mom and sister, my mom's from the Bay area from, you know, where we live, where my family's at right now. So mom and sister, 49er fans, my dad and I are Seahawks fans. Well, well, now everyone knows. I was just curious because I because I had seen that and I'm like, yeah, I thought she was in California. <laughs> I know, but I think like I will always root for the 49ers, just not when they're playing the Seahawks. So it's yeah, one of those totally understandable 49er fan, but just like when it comes down to like rivalry situations, I will side with the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Um, next question. This is going way back in the day. Um, through research, I have found out about the free Tegan campaign, which I find really interesting and also kind of funny. Um, but would you like to explain to the listeners what had happened? Yeah, so it was, um, my sophomore year of high school. My sister and I both played for our high school team. My sister was a senior at the time. Um, we were both playing high school soccer. I had gotten called in to a youth national team camp um, where we were playing Germany twice. I think I was like U15 or something and we were playing like the U or maybe I was U17 at that point. Regardless, um, we were playing two games against Germany and California. Um, Most schools or most school districts play, not all, but most 
play their soccer season in the winter time because you can it's never cold enough to not play so um that was technically when you were supposed to be like taking a break from like like club soccer and like all that stuff so they had a rule that like you if you're playing high school soccer you couldn't go and play like club soccer like national team soccer and like games or anything or like trainings more than seven seven v seven aside or something like they had to be smaller sessions because I think it was the point was they didn't want to be like overworked like they didn't want girls going from high school to club and like doing both um I had gotten called into national team camp so obviously I went I played in both games against Germany but most of the time U.S. all most all the time this was the only time it didn't happen U.S. soccer would get there you could get it signed off and have it sent to CIF with the which is the California Interscholastic Federation or something and you would send that over and it would get you you know released so you could play in national team camps and for some reason for that camp um, U.S. soccer turned in their paperwork in CIF either just didn't look at it or they were mad that U.S. soccer didn't turn it in on that part is still don't really know the entire story but they deemed that any player from California that was at that camp um, like they weren't they hadn't been cleared to like play at that camp so when I played and came back U.S. soccer had said that they had done all the paperwork which they did um, I came back and technically when you play in games outside of high school soccer for every one game that you play in you're supposed to sit out two games so when I came back and I had played in two games there I was supposed to sit out four games but from our knowledge my parents school league everyone that I had been cleared for camp and this was a couple other girls also in the same situation that I was in um, I played in our last four league games instead. And one of the coaches, when they were getting ready to do all the seating um, for the end of the year, like, you know, CIF tournament, like state, whatever, we had been seated number one. And for public school to do that was kind of unheard of. Our school was really good at the time. And one of the coaches brought up that I had gone to camp. And he was a, he was a high school coach from a private school that we had tied earlier in the year. And he wasn't very happy that we tied them being the school that we were. And so he brought it up in the meeting and they saw that I was not cleared. So they made us forfeit the four games that I played in, which cost us our league title. And they didn't reseed everything. So we were still the number one seeding, but I was suspended for four games for the for the games that I played in that I should have been sitting out so I actually missed the last time that my sister played in a high school soccer game because I was suspended um and we had a first round bye so because we had the first round bye there was only three games that was including the championship game which our high school team had made it to um I actually had to sit out another game the year after because I still had to finish my suspension so it basically was just the free Tegan was the fact that there was a dispute going on between you know the higher-ups that ended up costing you know players like me and a couple other California players to not play for our high school team because some paperwork was being disputed and CIF was trying to make a point and they took it out on 
the players rather than teeing up with anyone else. So that yep. is some petty S H I T. Mm-hmm. So you know, private so schools. That's that's what it is. Freaking yeah. private schools. I mean, not, to, not to dunk on private schools or anything, but yeah, that's. How, I mean, that's I how... went to private school for yeah six years. I mm-hmm. disrespectfully. I was like, I, I mean, I have nothing against private schools, but I think it's that whole fact that they, you know, they recruit, they bring in, especially for sports. And when a public school does something to, you know, either stop them or show that they might not be as dominant as a private school, they, their egos get a little hurt. <laughs> oh, I know. I've seen, I've seen a lot of this stuff. I, oh, the stories that I have of mm-hmm. all this. Um, yeah. My final lightning round question what is it like working with the women a part of the black women's players collective it's amazing to have that group and to have the women that are in it knowing that you support each other um is is one of the best things that has come out of this league for sure because i know at the end of the day there are people who have my back and I will always have theirs, especially through soccer and through this world. I think, you know, having the black women's player collective is something special beyond words. And I really hope that in these next, you know, months, years that people really get to see that the amount of work that they're doing behind the scenes, the, you know, the effort that they're putting in to make sure that soccer is, you know, a place for everyone, especially black youth, black um kids minorities overall is just something that we want to do to fight for racial equality to do all these things and it's so hard to take on these things while you are doing the job that we are doing because it takes up a lot of time and it takes up effort and countless amount of work and hours to be put into things I think it's it just shows that we have so many amazing women in this league that aren't just looking out for themselves or their career, but for the next generation after them. And I absolutely love being a part of it. It, it makes my day. Um, love having conversations with them. We bring up, you know, the hard conversations that maybe we don't feel that we can have with other people or that we don't want to. It gives us a space and outlet to talk about things that, you know, might be bothering us or, or things that, you know, we we need to get off of our chest. So it, it gives us a great outlet, but it also allows us to support one another and look at the next generation and what we can do um, as players, as people in our part in the communities that we're in. And as always, the link is down below for the Black Women's Players Collective. Go donate, go buy a shirt. <laughs> go Go do it because I said so. You gotta listen to me. That's the rule here. Yep, because I know all. Mm-hmm. But seriously, go donate. Like go, <laughs> go freaking do it. We're at the end of the episode, but before we end, at the end of episodes this season, we're doing shout outs. Is there anyone that you would like to shout out today? Um, I guess just family, friends, people who are supporting me. Um, you know, all the fans that are on here people who ask questions the the ones that are listening to this now I hope you know you got something out of it whether you know it's just something funny or something more about me but you know thank you for for being here and shout out 
to everyone that's listening, just because I think it's important to give players voices. And I think it's really cool that we're allowed this platform to do so. Well, I appreciate you being on today's show. Um, shout out to the fans. Shout out to the listeners. Love the listeners. They're funny. And the people on social, oh my God, the people on Twitter, some of the funniest people I know. Oh, yes. They're they're great. Um, now it's time for my, well, actually, it's not time for my ending spiel because you got to plug your social media handles first, actually, before I do my ending spiel. Where can the people follow you on social media? Gosh. Um... I think it's Teagues19 on Instagram. It's sad. I don't even know my own Twitter handle. Should I look? My Twitter I'm handle, I think, TeagueandMcGrady9, I want to say. I'm going to fact check. I don't, yeah, this is really sad that I don't know my own, like, <laughs> Your Twitter handle is TeagueandMcGrady9. Okay, that's what I thought. And then I, I'll do Instagram, too. Pretty sure Instagram is Teagues19. Let's see. You are correct. Okay. There we go. That's right. About my only two, though. <laughs> Thumbs up for that. All right. Now it's time for my ending spiel, which I say is the worst part of this episode because I got to remember all the things that I have to plug at the end of my show. And it's a lot. But I'm going to do it anyway. If you want to follow me on social media, guess what? You can. I am on four different platforms. On Twitter, it is W Sports Matter. And on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, it is Women Sports Matter. It's so easy to type in because it's the name of the show. So you don't have to do that much research. Cool. If you want to watch this episode and more content, make sure you are subscribed to Women Sports Matter on YouTube. There's a lot of great resources linked down below. As of today's recording, it's National Voter Registration Day. So if you are not registered to vote, first of all, I've reminded you many times, but hey, maybe you're turning 18 before the November election and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to register to vote. Where am I going to go? There's a link down below. I made it super easy. You're already listening to the show. What are you going to do afterwards or during? Register to vote. It doesn't take that long. And speaking of which, if you're like me and you're a college student and you are not currently in your home state where you're registered to vote, make sure to get a vote-by-mail ballot sent to your address. Go to your county's website, look for the application, and get it sent to you. So I'm excited to vote for (laughs) Illinois elections from the comfort of my Lincoln, Nebraska dorm room. What else is there? Resources include NAMI, Trevor Project, all the links to Women's Sports Players Association, so the WNBA, NWSL, PHF, and more. This is the end of the NWSL Player Series. I would like to thank Amanda Kowalski, Kaylee Kurtz, Lauren Millay, and Tegan McGrady for coming on this month. If you want me to do another kind of player series, maybe for the PHF or the WFA, Let me know on social media. I think that's all I got to promote today. Thank you again, Tegan, for coming on today's episode. I really appreciate it. I'm going to go and film another interview because I double booked myself today. Thank you again so much for listening to another episode of Women's Sports Matter. Again, my name is Gianna Belcastro, and I am your host. I will see you next time. That's all, folks. Bye-bye.